0: Hello, and welcome to the Engineering Futures podcast. I'm your host, Paul Barker, and I'll be helping you explore the world of manufacturing by introducing you to successful people from across the sector. We'll touch on everything from personal experiences and professional challenges to contemporary issues affecting the sector, careers, advice, and practical steps for employers who are looking to attract the top engineering talent, join us as we get to know the people who have made a difference within the sector. Right, so Mr. Paul Bell, <laughs> um, thank you for joining us today for the first for the first podcast. I don't even know what this podcast is called yet, but it's the first one. Um, really? <laughs> um, so, if you could just give a quick introduction, you know who you are and, and what you do.
1: Yeah, fine. Thanks, Paul. Uh, we're looking forward to this. should be Should be good fun. Should be interesting. Uh, so, I'm, I'm Paul Bell. Uh, Currently a program leader at the Northwest Aerospace Alliance, uh, good, mixed, varied history of working through engineering for Rolls-Royce, uh, previous to that at uh, uh, at the paper mill, Burnley Paper and Board Mills, where I kind of got my grounding of engineering. So yeah, looking forward to talking about that everything, but yeah, role currently is Northwest Aerospace Alliance, supporting SMEs in innovation and diversification,
0: and yeah, really enjoying it, so. Yeah, and how's the work going there? Cause that's a and, and how
1: long have you been there now? Uh I've been now the Aerospace Alliance for coming up 15 months. Uh absolute whirlwind. Uh, loving every minute of it. Uh, I, I wake up before the alarm goes off, which is really unusual. Uh but yeah, superb. Just I, I, I work with a smile on my face, which is uh which is brilliant.
0: Excellent. Okay, so we'll we'll we we'll kind of get started with the questions then. Yeah, I love it. Um, So, first question I wanted to ask you was what or who inspired you to pursue a career in engineering, kind of going back to your younger years?
1: Yes. So, I think engineering has been in our family for generations. Uh, My great great granddad was uh, in the army, an engineer in the army, don't know much about him. Uh, My granddad and my Dad, both engineers, worked at Parsons Peebles in Edinburgh. So it was down on Lee's shoreline, quite a heavily industrial engineering. Uh, my dad then went into the uh, merchant navy and spent quite a bit of time in the merchant navy, uh, just furthering his engineering career. And then they both got opportunities to come down to, to Burnley and work for Lucas Aerospace. Uh, so the whole family, and I think it was 1978, 1979. Moved down from Edinburgh. Uh, my dad and my granddad both worked at Lucas for probably fifteen, sixteen years. Then my dad got a really good opportunity to go across to Rolls Racing Barnoldswick. Uh, he worked at Barnoldswick as an inspector, so he wrote CMM programs and CMM inspected uh, bearing housings, fan blades, lots of different things. Uh, so yeah, that, that's kind of the the real ingrained reason why why engineering was was a kind of fascination.
0: Uh. So it was kind of written in the stars then that you were uh, that that's what you were going to end up doing.
1: Yeah, I think so. It, uh, you you kind of enjoy what your parents do, don't you? And, you know, especially the northwest, it, it's it's an engineering kind of region. So yeah, it's uh, it was a no-brainer really.
0: Mm. And what were your memories of kind of your your family being engineers? You know, what did that mean to you growing up?
1: Uh, I suppose it was shift work so coming in at all different hours of the, the day, night, uh but you know, having having a decent living. Uh so always having decent amounts of spare money to to renovate houses, to have small holidays, to just to you know enjoy life really. So I think it always kind of gives them a a good standard of living. Uh, but I think it, it it's also something where they're active and they're using their brain quite a lot, so uh, I think it gives you a good level of communication as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, mm. And did you get support from from them in terms of becoming an engineer? Is that is that is yeah. that always what they wanted for you, or was was there something else that you thought you might you might do?
1: No, they, they were very open. To be honest, uh, yeah, it was a strange. They were never overly pushy. It was like, you know, we've had a good life, good careers, but there's lots of other careers. But yeah, it it kind of it kind of fell into place really. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there was no hard sell, uh, but I think they were both proud that when uh, myself and my older brother were, were both in the, in engineering. Uh, so yeah, they were they were both quite proud of the fact. Really good standard tradition. And my son's just going through. Uh, uh, mature apprenticeship at Saffron now at the moment. So it's it's another generation as well.
0: Oh, excellent. What's he what's he doing there? What apprenticeship is he doing?
1: Uh, just a full-on mature apprentice. Uh, so I think it's a bit of scope of everything. Uh, yeah. The, I don't think there's a, a particular route that they are looking at at the moment, just upskilling him.
0: Yeah. Mm. Oh, very good. Um, yeah, good. Yeah, okay, so... One question I'm quite interested in is the role of kind of mentors, mentorship, mm. you know, and, and kind of continuous learning. You know, how did that influence your career, uh, play a part in your career and and, and influence your success?
1: Oh, it's, it's huge. Uh, I, I don't think you can underrate a good mentor uh, even like you look back where people have just said things to you, that's really made a difference. That's a real small step in mentoring. Uh, I think it's been massive, like to be able to talk to somebody, to be able to share experiences, somebody that's already lived that life kind of thing. Uh, It's hugely important to stop you making mistakes. I think I was really lucky when I I stepped into management at Rolls-Royce I had some real senior managers take time out of their busy schedule to come up to Barnalls, which these guys were were executives of certain divisions, uh, but picked me up to come and do a bit of support, uh, which was really really scary at the time because whenever any of the execs come on site, everyone was uh, from bosses downwards a little bit nervous. Uh, but when they took 30 or 40 minutes out of the time to come and visit me on my cell uh, to, to give me some coaching and some uh, support, it was really, really good. Uh, and I have three or four high-ranking officials within rolls Race that have come and spent time with me. And I didn't realise at the time, a bit too nervous, I think, at the time, how how really important that was uh and even like on the flip side of it, like when they were visiting, my boss was always asking me afterwards what they were here for. What did they want from me? Uh, not overly encouraging. Uh, almost like I was I was a challenge underneath him, and he didn't quite like that. Uh, but again, looking back, I think that the mentoring and the, the encouragement that came from from that level of of person with inside Rolls-Royce was absolutely key. Uh, to building my confidence, and then for the rest of the, my career, kind of handed a bit of that back into the younger ones that came through after me. So, uh, yeah, I think it was it, it, you can't put enough emphasis on having a good coach or good uh, mentor that can influence you.
0: Yeah, and in terms of those mentors, was that something that was built in from a cultural perspective at the company where they have mentors in place, or was that more people? taking the time to, to, to make an effort with you?
1: it It's now built in, uh, but then it wasn't. It was just, I think I had one of the the most difficult cells to run within Rolls-Royce, uh, being a super plastic forming cell. Uh, it was notoriously difficult, notoriously a bottleneck. Uh, and I think when I'd stepped into the role, we, we were starting to to do things slightly differently uh, and they just wanted to come along and, and impart some knowledge and support to me. Uh, but I think they've kind of taken that further over the last four or five years where they are matching mentors up with younger managers. Uh, so I think the, somebody must have seen the benefit in it and it's now kind of ingrained in their like management progression skills, if you will.
0: Mm. So it's an interesting one, uh, mentor, because people... Have a different interpretation of what a mentor is. um You know, when I when I think back to my apprenticeship days, the people who I think of as my mentors, they probably might not even been aware. And that, 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 that. actually, yeah. remember going back, it was I served my time at uh, AIT that what mm. was AIT in Burnley. Uh, I think it's now Pursuit Aerospace and. I went back about five years ago um, when I was working at college to take some students around and I actually saw one of the guys that um that I'd been with during my apprenticeship days that I really looked up to and he meant a really lot to me. But when I went back he didn't really remember me. <laughs> and it just cause he probably does this all the time. He you know, he's yeah. probably the go-to guy that the princes go with him. But yeah, it's a it's a funny one, into the uh the, but so needed to learn more about yourself um because when you're growing up it's not just the learning to become an engineer it's learning to become a, a grown-up as well that these people can kind of help with
1: it is and it, it's interacting with other engineers which is not always easy uh, engineers per se kind of a driven the kind of single focused uh so having a, a, a grown-up conversation and and not a slanging match when there's an issue is is a skill. So I think, uh, yeah, it, that that's kind of opens up another another market of of skill sets. But yeah, it's, it's it is difficult. Uh, but saying the right things to young engineers coming up can make a, a world of difference.
0: Mm, absolutely. And then, what about kind of continuous learning? So, how do you make sure throughout your career that you kind of you are in a position to be able to grow and develop in that role. You know, what, what, what has worked well for you?
1: Uh, I think good discussions with people that have lived and walked it. So, you know, the, the older generation that have made the mistakes, uh, I think that's always good. Uh, I was quite lucky, really. The, the When I was at Rolls Race in the management, they, they implemented what was called the Rolls Race Management System, which was a system that you could... Take into any single cell all over the world in Rolls-Royce, and uh, you and me could step into that cell, and within a day we could understand every metric in that cell, and then run the cell. Uh, so it was a kind of uh, business continuity measure, but it looked across 24 different structures of of like risk and risk management and quality and all the different procedurals that that would you know, in effect, run a cell. So I think when I went through that kind of training and procedural wise, that that gives you a real good grounding of what what to to look for in any business, uh, and that that to me is the journey of continuous improvement. Uh, what to look for, how to look at it, any risks that you've got, any quality issues you've got, and, and you know the metrics behind that of of who to go, who to see, who to use. So I think that was a real good grounding for me because it gives you a real breadth of knowledge. Uh, so I think that's probably the main thing. But then, any other courses or content that's up to date, like things like body language, things like uh, uh, discrimination, uh, just you know, keeping your, yourself abreast of what is current and current thinking processes, just to make sure that you're you're not going to be one of them dinosaurs that get left behind mm. and that's your style. And I think one of the one of the clearest things that somebody. I, ever said to me with all styles get results so you you don't just have to be that authoritarian manager that demands that you do this i always find you could you could work with things more progressively and get more results so once you understand different styles of management i think that also gives you a, a continuous learning experience because you can try fail park it, try something else, or oh, that's a bit more successful. And then that's a continuous improvement as well.
0: Mm, I think that's an interesting one. You touch on management styles and that's something that I've always found fascinating um, mm-hmm. in terms of how to get the best out of people. And some places you do have that mix and that can work because you've got different kind of managers that you can interact with that do things in a different way. So you can, you're can you not getting too much of that off there at them i can't even say it uh, but you know what i mean yeah you are not getting uh, you know if that doesn't work for you you you've been satisfied in other ways but um yeah that's um it's a, it's definitely an interesting one that. um but okay so i'm moving on from that can you think of any memorable experiences from your engineering career that's had um had an impact on on you um, and your professional development? Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, yes. Uh, and it, it probably comes from one of the lowest points in my managerial career as well. Uh, so I was fresh into into management uh, on one of the shifts that I used to work closely with. Uh, and on the f- end of the first week, they held a mutiny against me. Uh, the they weren't happy with me. There were lots of very aggressive conversations. Uh, so I kind of put a stop to it and brought them all into the, the big office. Got my boss at the time to come down uh, just to try and talk through what was going on. Uh, and then, it, I mean, there was 14 adult engineers in that room. And one after the other, they lambasted me. I could not get a word in. Turned to my boss and said, get control of this. This is a discussion, not a, you know, a pulling down match. Uh, And I bet another three or four minutes went on and it was just, we're trying to answer one question. I'm getting lambasted from somebody else about something. And I I just shouted at the top of my voice, stop, open door, sent them all out, closed the door, turned to my boss and went, I feel like I've just been hung. Where's the support? And they said, well, I didn't think it went too bad actually. (laughs) And I was like, wow I mean I was nearly in tears I was just like wow so right okay I will deal with this so off they went and then I just thought well the the two main protagonists were uh, were quite forward people uh, very very probably aggressively over with their thinking Uh, so I went and singled them out with a a one-to-one conversation not aggressive at all I sat down uh, made them sit down out on out in the shop floor somewhere different. had a, a big chat about what's going on. And uh, it, it kind of came to mind that I was micromanaging them. And they were a very well-drilled team and they didn't need micromanaging. So it was a, it was a real kind of twitch moment for me thinking, right, I, I can't be a friend and a manager in this environment at the same time. At the same time, we used to like invite me into to the brew room. Would sit, have coffee, sit and have lunch together. I mean, we're on shifts at the time, so this might be a, a Friday, Saturday night. It might be a, a Monday, Tuesday morning. And they'd, they'd say, "Come in, come and sit down, have your have your, have your breakfast with us, have your, have your supper with us." And I, I kind of thought, no, that, that's that's putting pressure on these guys, and it's making them feel uncomfortable having a manager that used to be a friend that used to be a colleague. So I kind of took myself completely away and had all my lunches and everything else on my own, in a little room. And then once I finished, I come out. And every now and again I'd have a coffee with them. But the relationships grew from making that divide so much stronger uh, than it was when I was kind of impinging on their their kind of space when they wanted to sit and chat and Even though we were good friends, they'd say, come on in, come on in. i am like, no, I'm going to eat my lunch out here. You have your lunch. Uh, So I think that was like a real turning point for me to say, you've got to make that cut. You can still be really, really pally and good, but when it comes to being a manager in that kind of situation, it's completely different. And having them boundaries worked for the team and worked for myself as well, so... I kind of looked for the positive that came out of a, a real low negative on that one. Uh, but I think I really made a huge impact on the team as well. So,
0: Yeah. And it's interesting what you say there about not being able to be, be the friend and the manager. And I think that I, you know, that resonates with me. Cause so I remember when I first stepped up to be a manager and it was a progression. And I remember my boss at the time saying, you know, you're not one of them anymore. And I yeah. kind of, thought I could be, I thought I could do both and you can't and it's, you learn through the mistakes, don't you? You learn through those, those kind of revolts yeah. and, and the kind of, you know, the ones that's got, got the ears of the rest of the staff shouting the loudest and things like that and you, you've got to, you've got to try and manage that and I think that that can be, it It can be a real negative but then you don't get bitten the second time, do you? Um yeah. No. you know and how how did it make you feel then so when you were in that pressure cauldron situation where they're all shouting and screaming at you you know what how did that make you feel
1: <laughs> that's a good i mean normally i'm uh i'm, I'm quite a, a cool cookie and quite laid back but you can feel the tension the anger rising and then you, you're saying things off the cuff that you don't actually mean or think uh so again i think i was getting to that point so i just called a full stop to it and I think that was my, right, before this gets really silly, let's just call a stop and then we'll, we'll reconvene uh, lack of support from my manager, that really, really hurt uh, but the, one of the interesting things is is that the, the the most mouthiest guy that was there that was real causing such a scene, when I had a, a one-to-one with him The second time around, uh, he was still a bit niggly with me, and I I just said to him, I said, what's your problem? He went, I can do a better job than you. I said, can you now? He said, yep. I said, well, it's just so lucky that there's an advertisement coming out tomorrow for another manager. We need another one. Put your money where your mouth is, get applied. So big and bullshit, I'm going to do that. And he applied, and he took the job, and he had the exact same thing three months later with another team that I had with him. And he came to me. He went. I've just, I've just done exactly the same as what you were doing. I'm micromanaging. managing. How, how did, how did you deal with it? Again, that, that, you know, that bit of reverse coaching. Uh, but our styles were completely different. Uh, again, which is, <laughs> which again comes back to all style get results. And mm-hmm. he was the authoritarian. He was the one that went in there and demanded this doing, and demanded that doing, and that was great. He got that done, but he didn't get anything else done because the team weren't. Thinking of their own kind of shift way that the shift worked and making sure that everything was done in a balance. He only got what he asked for, uh, and uh, several years later he, he came back to me and and because he didn't like my style uh, when I was okay with his style. You, you do what you have to, and he came back to me and he said that to me. He said all styles get results. You know, seen your results, I'm like, good, good. That's that's a, that's a, that's a positive in my mind. So. Yeah, I like that.
0: Yeah, and I think you're right. You know, I'm thinking back to the managers I've had and some of them I didn't like, plain and simple, I didn't like. But you kind of do respect them, though, regardless of the style because, you know, as long as they're knowledgeable and they're experienced and and you can kind of see why they're doing it, you might not agree with it, but you still get that respect from them. Um I suppose that's the key, isn't it, to, to getting your team to work from you. They have to they have to be able to respect you. They, you have to be leading by example and, and getting getting that respect.
1: Well you're right, Paul I mean, throughout my career I can pick out good managers and bad managers, but I respect them all because, you know, they held a the level, they, they get respect. I was never a cheeky man. Just, you know, they have to do something I could question it, but I question it in the right kind of way. But if they wanted to do it in the other I'd do that. But I think the managers that you do question and say, well, if I did this, this, and this, I'd get three times more product out and it'll take me the same time rather than just focus on that. And then they were like, right, that's really good. If you can do that, brilliant, but make sure you hit these targets. So it, there was different styles from different people. I think that's what I've taken in my life. I've kind of plucked out the bits that I respected and built them into my kind of capability and, and knowledge.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think that's, and that's, that's time and experience isn't it that gives you that for me um used to be very emotional and when you talk about like that fire building inside of you, that used to happen to me all the time whereas I've learned to control that now and learned to to, to kind of you refine yourself don't you yes. uh, and I suppose yeah so that brings us on to kind of the next question then about in terms of success you know, how do you define and measure success for yourself professionally?
1: <laughs> That's a really difficult question, Paul. <laughs> I mean, we I don't think we'll, we look at ourselves in the mirror very often, do we? But uh, I suppose as I matured in my management roles through through roles rights, uh, there's, there's many points in my career I can think of as, Celebrating success with the team, not particularly for myself, but you know, being proud of what the teams have achieved. Like, we've won several awards uh, internally through safety, quality, cost, delivery. Uh, Got some really nice glass kind of trophies, some memorabilia. Uh, We had pies bought for the entire cell uh, by one of the senior managers. We had about Three thousand pound in money to value worth of chocolate that was given to us on some of the successes that we'd had as teams, uh, and we shared that out with everyone uh, across the site, and it, it kind of brought attention to what we were doing on on health and safety and things. It was really good. So you can these small wins you can celebrate, but uh, I don't know. It's, I think for me that the, the real things is is when. When I've got like a world-class self-directed team that I've kind of moulded over two or three years that runs autonomously. And then they'll come to me when there's a, an issue, but they've already got three problem-solve reaction solutions to that issue. And they just want to see which one I want to go for first. That to me was like massive success because that team has been moulded and drilled into a kind of we can do this in our cell look after the entire cell but every now and again we just need to come to you for a little bit of qualification we're doing the right thing so i think that for me that that was massive success uh i think personally one of the one of the biggest compliments i got paid is i, I became kind of a specialist on super plastic forming which was the cell I worked on for five years i, I managed it uh, for seven years so a lot of time spent on there and I think my intrinsic knowledge of the machines, uh, especially when I stepped into management, because I started working a lot closer with my uh, mechanical engineers and, and programmers that were doing these machines, to understand the possibility of, of uh, you know, what can we push these machines to through different kinds of trial work. Uh, just that engagement through the team and the ME structure, uh, pushing the boundaries, uh, and then two of my working team leaders were on the shift at the same time, uh, which is normally unusual, but one of them had shift transferred for, uh, for, for a week or so. Uh, and both of them had a huge amount of knowledge and capability with them super plastic forming. me. Uh, and we were discussing an issue between the two working team leaders to my MEs and myself about about what was going on with the machine. Uh, and I gave my two penneth, and all three of them stood back and looked at me and went, how on earth do you know so much? You know, you, you're just Paul. You've come from from us. How how do you know so much of this? And other working team leader said, "God, you're so boring." <laughs> and I thought it was brilliant because you know, I, I took a, I took an interest. Uh, but it's like when you get to a different level, it opens up different doors and different conversations. So for me, that was just like knowledge building, and I just wanted to make sure that whenever there was any problems, I could support. Maintenance, I could support the lads on the shop floor, I could support ME. And I think my knowledge kind of helped guide that. So I made, I tried to make it as like a, it was going to be my cell. Nobody else wanted to be on that cell because it was very difficult. I've, I've been on it years, so it was like a safe pair of hands. I might as well know as much as I can about it. Mm. And I found it interesting. So superheating titanium into a plastic state is just fascinating. So why wouldn't you want to know more about it? you blow it full of argon, you get a nice shape, and it's like, wow, look at that, it's just ridiculous. So, yeah, I think uh, I think success for me is different levels, uh, and I, I don't always celebrate it personally, I like to see it shared.
0: Yeah, I think that's, uh, you know, when, when you spoke earlier about the sharing chocolates and things like that, I think that, you know, that's the, for me, when whenever, whenever I've worked somewhere and I've had a manager that has done that that's that's like tried to just celebrate success for the team in a really simple way you know something like that i think it it, it really works doesn't it
1: yeah yeah it, it does and it, it, the engagement that you get post that's brilliant mm. but then next time they want pies Next time, yeah. they want <laughs>
0: <cookies>. <laughs> um, right okay so this is a bit of a a, a, a personal question as well but Have you ever experienced imposter syndrome in in your career, in your journey?
1: Right at the start of this podcast. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) First one ever, and I'm loving it. It's good. Yes, Paul, many, many, many times. uh, And it's quite a uh, debilitating experience as well at times. Uh, And I'm very confident, and I always have been very confident. Always – the lots of sports at school. And I think I think when you're in the middle of teams, it builds your confidence because I like to build teams around me and that's, that's what I do. Uh, and I, I probably use that confidence to overcome situations that I don't feel comfortable in. But I think my way that I address these is be honest, be yourself, ask questions. If you don't know the answer and I always think that's a stupid question. No, no, no question stupid. You know, if you don't know the answer, then you need to find the answer. Then ask the question, and somebody might look at you and go, "You don't know that." Well, no, that's why I'm asking. And oh, okay. And then most people want to help. Most people want to support you and, and you know take that that away. But I've had it all through my management levels, all through project management levels, all through running the plant at Rolls-Royce when I was on weekend shift. When when your confidence levels dip, that's when your brain starts in, going to overtime and saying, "Can you can you manage through this? Can can you can you really solve this problem?" I mean, there, there, I think there was a time when it, it was a Saturday afternoon late on, massive delivery day. I got a phone call from Engine Build at Rolls in Derby, and they'd banged a, a fan blade and needed either repairing or replacing. And I like I ain't got a clue i haven't i've never come across this in mind and this this needed to go onto engine build for sunday morning otherwise it's going to cost rolls royce a million pounds so that the monetary pressure was on time pressure was on and i had no idea where to go and i didn't know what to do but luckily one of the the older me's that i had on at the weekend had had this before so we went through we did all Lots of searching. Uh, the blade was quite a light blade, which was really difficult to find. But we ended up having to ship the one from Derby up, put it through our team. They they kind of uh, refettled it, took the took the the, the prang out of it, re measured it, re weighed it. We got it sent back down. Great success. Lots of people came around. Big celebration. But again, it's like I didn't know what to do, and that 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 mild ten minutes of panic, sat there thinking, how the hell do I get through this? Again, just gonna ask a question. And it, it all kind of came into focus and then the whole team got together and and I think that's it. You get, you get the buying of the right people and and you can overcome most engineering solutions. And yeah. Don't let it stop you.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's a funny one. It's um it's not something that I'm a bit like you kind of always been quite confident in my you know, my own my abilities and my own skin, but um, i think i want i read some my comment about the quarters but it was like in terms of imposter syndrome don't worry about anyone thinking you're a fake because most people are thinking that they're a fake and that others are going to find out about them so people are so wrapped up in themselves that yeah you know, it's it's that it's that worry that other people are thinking bad things about you which which usually just isn't the case is it no, <laughs> um okay so last couple of last couple of questions um, okay. It's been really good this poll, by the way. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying this so far. Yeah. I'm not for the first one, but um, so in terms of obviously you're at the business end of what is going on within Lancashire. I think it's fair to say, yes, um, dealing with a number. I think how many members have you got? You approaching two hundred? Is it for the yeah?
1: The yeah, I think we'll be over two hundred by the end of the year.
0: Um, so you're in and out and speaking to a lot of businesses. Mm. Um, how, how do you think? in terms of the evolution of the of the engineering industry um what you know how how has it changed and what do you anticipate what excites you about about (laughs) innovation within within lancashire if you will and, and and what will come in the future
1: uh lots of things uh i think we're at the forefront of so many different technologies and we're good at it you know the industrial revolution all started in Lancashire and, and and still is. And graphene is the latest, the latest Industry 4.0 that's coming out of out of Lancashire. You know, uh, and nanomaterial that that's that's that you can do great things with. Uh, the National Cyber Force is coming to Salmsbury over the next couple of years, and that's going to be huge. You know, that that's national within our our doorstep. Uh, so many great companies around Lancashire. So many great SMEs that feed the big companies. It's amazing, but I think change has been massive. Uh, transformation is, is huge. Uh, I think the big things that are, that are going on that I'm seeing across Lancashire, probably advanced engineering, manufacturing specific, is probably sustainability, electrification, digital transformation, the space sector growth that that seems to be off the charts at the moment. So, a really exciting time, uh, and it is. Yeah, it is, I think the future for SMEs with so many different options that are coming around the north and the northwest. It's an exciting time. The the issues that come with that. Uh, so so coming from enter engineering, the skill sets. Where's the skill sets coming from? There are definite gaps in in skills across the market. Uh, you've got really good like be a and a thousand skilled men on, but it shakes the supply chain. so the supply chain are losing people to be so they need to to be fishing in the same pond. So it, there's a there's a disconnect at the moment between education and engineers that are coming into into the system. So I'm hoping that's that's something that we can support you Paul on and and closing that gap ever so slightly. But again, it's exciting, you know, that the drive for for sustainability is driving the OEMs and uh, primes, like your Airbuses, like your spirits, like your GKMs, back on shore, back onto Britain again. So over the next two to five years, the the supply chain is going to look completely different to what it looks like now. So opportunities there. Uh, And luckily, the Northwest Aerospace Alliance are in the middle of that to to support SMEs and kind of help and guard and, and make the right connections.
0: Yeah, I think for me as well, what's amazing when you start to actually see how many extraordinary businesses there are that are hidden in plain sight as well, that you just not you don't even know they're there, but they've been there for years and they're doing amazing things. Um And that is, I was in one the other day and it was like, five minutes from where I grew, grew up and they've been there for 40 years and they were like, wow, never even knew they never knew they existed. Didn't know
1: they yeah. were there. And, that, and that's a problem because you've got great companies like that who are working next door to great companies and they don't even know what each other does. Mm. But to, to have any kind of collaboration and, and you know, that, I think that's the only way that companies are going to really grow stronger and move forward. You need to know what everyone else is doing around you. And I think that's one of the the best kind of selling points of the Northwest Aerospace Alliance is we have made it our mission to go and find out who you are, what you're doing, what you're capable of, where you want to go. And then we can start making the connections. uh, And that helps business grow very, very quickly.
0: Okay. And then final question. Okay. What advice would you give to a 21-year-old Paul Bell?
1: Uh, do not under any circumstances sell your Nissan 350Z. <laughs> <laughs> I miss that car dearly. <laughs> uh, oh, that's another great question, Paul. Uh, I would probably say work on yourself quicker. Don't let your teammates hold you back. Because I think when you're in a good group of people, and they've all they don't want to see you progress because they don't want to see you leave their group. Mm. Uh, and it's not it's not a it's not a nasty thing or a bad thing. They just enjoy your company. And then if you leave, somebody else comes in and it changes the dynamic of what they're doing within that engineering group, within that cell, within that business you're working on. Uh, so I think I've I've let that hold me back a little bit in the past. Uh, for me, I. Take all the opportunities, take all the courses from magnificent employers that I've been employed with, uh, and then put that into practice. But I think more importantly, just be yourself.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think solid advice, and I think I totally, totally agree with that. About you know, if you get off, op- if you get offers, if you get opportunities to progress, or if you get opportunities for professional development, further development in anywhere. Snatch their hands off and and you know don't stall. Just 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 do it. Make it happen.
1: And and don't be afraid to ask.
0: Mm.
1: You now I think looking at employee retention, which is quite a, a difficult thing for SMEs at the moment. Most companies don't know what their employees want or need, and if you don't have that conversation and ask, then they'll never know. And the worst they can say is no, but we'll have a look at it again in three months or have a look in six months. Or we've got this going on, would you like to try this instead? And anything that, that gives you breadth of skill, then it, it all benefits yourself because that's just your building blocks to being a more rounded engineer.
0: Okay, well, thank you, Paul. That's it. That's the end of uh, our chat today. Um, I'm
1: disappointed that's been really good. It's flown yeah, by. It's
0: very good, Yeah, no, it has been very good. That, I think for the first one as well, not bad, not bad. Yeah.
1: Uh... <laughs> Lovely, great questions, Paul.
0: Yeah, cheers, Paul. Well, uh, in terms of, you know, if anyone's listening to this and they want to find out more about the Aerospace Alliance, what's what's the next steps for them?
1: Uh, you can get on the Aerospace Alliance website. Uh, you can contact me. I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm, I'm on aerospace, paul.bell at aerospace.co.uk. Uh, just get in touch if you want to come around and have a visit, see what, see what your factory and your company is all about. We'd love to do that. We'd love to come and meet you. We'd love to come and see you. And we don't waste your time. If you if you fall within the remits of advanced engineering, manufacturing, or that kind of support, uh we we can we can work with you, we can put you in contact with many, many other like minded people. Uh and the the Northwest Aerospace Alliance holds some fantastic events, lots of mix and mingling, all the right people in the room. And it's 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 the best network that I've seen in the last ten to fifteen years. So Thank
0: you, Paul. Yeah, superb. Well, Paul, thank you very much for that.
1: Yeah, really enjoyed it.
0: Right, cheers.
1: Okay, bye now.